Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Both St. Louis City and County shut down daycare centers as part of their stay-at-home orders. Only daycares that were serving the children of essential workers were allowed to stay open. And as a result, most did close their doors. As of Monday, though, daycare centers may again serve families no matter what their occupation is. The only catch is that they're now doing it with a raft of new recommendations from the state agency that licenses them. After all, nobody wants daycares to become a point of coronavirus spread. And so the new pandemic daycare comes with a host of challenges. And here today to help us understand them is Adrienne Pennington. She is the director of a Child's Heart Learning Center that's in North St. Louis County. Adrienne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Now, Adrian, I know you've been open in the last two months, even as so many other places were closed. What was that like during that period where just so many of us didn't know anything that was going on and you guys continued to serve these children? We continued to serve families because we felt that the families really needed us. Although it was a very scary time, We do have families that are first responders and essential workers. It was very difficult to turn other families away, but to meet the needs and the requirements of the guidelines, we had to do so. Mm -hmm. So you were serving just these children of of healthcare workers and and first responders. And by definition, these are parents who had an unusually high risk of coming into contact by the coronavirus. Were you worried that your center could become a source of spreading? We were very worried uh, because a lot of our parents worked for uh, hospitals, Mm -hmm. clinics, and pediatrics. And it was just very, very like... We really had to sit down and talk to our staff every week to make sure this was a fight that we were ready to fight without having having a proper PPE equipment on first hand. Mm -hmm. And so how did that end up going for you guys? Did you have any cases that might have spread or been contributed to by the fact that families were using your daycare center? Well, before we decided, we actually had a meeting with parents outside of the center to do a protocol of how it was going to work, especially since a lot of them worked for area hospitals. Um, And the staff and I, we all talked about how we were going to work out the schedule, cutting our hours, sanitizing, cleaning, and things like that, and how parents would come in differently. We have not had any cases. It did drop our numbers tremendously. We went from 40 children to just 10. Um, And so we had the same group of children every day, all day, just to make sure the spread didn't come across. Mm-hmm. So you had those 10 children and no cases. I mean, that's got to just feel like such a relief that you made it through that that period and, and that everybody was healthy. It, it, really, it really is a sense of accomplishment because the team worked really hard and we communicated very well with the parents about what we needed and what they needed. And uh, the children, we had taught them how to wear masks, and things like that. So it was, it's hard, and it's still hard today. Mm-hmm. But um, it's getting just a little easier. But with the, all the new guidelines, whew, it's a challenge. Yeah, and you are not now alone. There are so many other daycares that are figuring out how to open their doors. And our second guest today is the executive director of one of them. It's Shauna Lamond, and she is the executive director of Downtown Children's Center that's here in downtown St. Louis. Uh, Shauna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. I want to thank you for having me on today to 
to be able to talk about such a critical topic for everybody. Yeah, it is such a thing that that so many parents are grappling with. Do they send their kids back after having them at home for months? um, Or do they continue to keep them close by their side? What are you hearing from the parents that you serve as you prepare to reopen on June 1st? It's a mix. Uh, Some families are ready to have their children return to work. Uh, We have put together pretty extensive plans for the safety of the staff, the children, and the families. So they feel comfortable having their children come to school. Other families just, they're not ready yet. They they really want to see what happens in our community um, or their work situation has changed, which is allowing them to keep their children at home. So it's, it's, it varies greatly on mm-hmm. the reasons, um, but I have about 50% that are ready to, to go ahead and let's give this a try on June 1st. Okay, so you've got 50% coming back. How does that work with these new recommendations that obviously try to get people a little bit farther away from each other than we all used to be back before all this? Well, that's a really good question. The, the guidelines all ask everyone to maintain a six-foot social distancing with young children, it's impossible yeah. to do that. Yeah, how do you that. even and think about doing that? <laughs> well, you can't, you can't. And I think everybody recognizes that's involved with um, the services that we provide and the families as well, that we can't do that. So we are implementing lots of other strategies to really make sure that we stay healthy. Um, we will be wearing our masks uh, because we are in a population that is not high risk And when I say population, I'm referring to the staff specifically Mm -hmm. and the children. We're allowed to wear the cloth masks and uh, we'll be doing other safety measures, washing our hands frequently, uh, wearing smocks by the staff that we can change if they become dirty. Mm -hmm. Just lots of different procedures, really, to to make sure everyone stays healthy. And when you mention masks, um, is that going to be something that all the kids are wearing or um, just maybe some of the older ones? So they do not recommend, depending on uh, specific guidelines, some say children under nine should not be wearing masks. Mm. Some say children under two should not be wearing masks. We are not asking our children to wear masks. All of the staff will be wearing them. Mm -hmm. If parents do choose to send their children with masks, it would really be the preschoolers three and older who Mm-hmm. would be ones wearing masks. And that building. would be the parents' choice. Adrienne, I'm wondering how you've handled that issue in these months that you've been open. Are, have you had any of your kids where you, you've asked them to wear that mask? No. It is, it is uh, recommended by the CDC, but it is not required. Um, as she stated, excuse me, I'm sorry, Ms. Samantha stated, uh, for children uh, nine and under mm-hmm. is not uh, required. We tried it for a day. Mm-hmm. It does not work with children. They take them off all day. You know, we, we did an activity with it, and it just like just like social distancing, the masks are not going to stay on little children. Older children, I didn't know the yes, but um, we have to do different practices for children to give them a sense of normalcy and walking around with masks on all day with children. It's not normal for them. Yes, the teachers do wear masks, but at a six-foot distance when it's time to sing, read, or do things, you know, away, they're they're back far enough where they can pull down and actually speak to the children, sing to them, do their finger plays. We want them to have a normal day. We want their routines to be as normal as possible Mm -hmm. while we still maintain 
Yeah, what you're saying about that one day of attempting to have kids wear masks, you know, I'm the mother of two younger kids myself. I mean, I just can't even imagine what that day must have been. I mean, it just it doesn't work with kids of a certain age. There's just so little you can do about it. Um, But it it sounds like um, the teachers have been masked then for most of these activities. Was that an adjustment for the kids to get used to seeing their beloved teachers wearing a mask? Uh, for our facility, yes, and that's one reason why we introduced it. It was actually an activity that they were able to cut up socks and put their masks on like the teachers. Mm. So, you know, we just had one like a mask party day where they could understand that because they have masks on, that they're not necessarily sick, but they're keeping germs to themselves. And we have little mask songs and bubble glove songs so that the children become more comfortable with their teachers having on masks. And if the parents would want their children to wear masks, those are things that they would have to supply. However, none of the parents want their children, or none of the parents opted to have their children wear masks at this time. Shauna, how are you going to deal with getting kids used to seeing a, a teacher wearing a mask? So part of my conversation with the families who are returning is to talk to their children and expose them to the mass. I'm, my hope is that they have been practicing some of these steps um, in social distancing. And so the children have seen them wearing masks as they prepare to go to the grocery store. That's a great or point. Or go out into public. The other um, thing is that we'll be having, we've been having Zoom meetings with the teachers during the shutdown. So as we get a little bit closer to returning, the teachers will have some Zoom meetings with the children where they'll be able to see them in their masks. Uh, so it won't be the very first time when they come to school that day, seeing the teachers with the masks on. And then we plan on doing some introducing and some activities with the children, talking about the mask, why the mask. I'm stealing Adrian's uh, strategy of how she introduced it, um, having socks for them to experiment with. So thank you, Adrian, for that suggestion. Oh, no worries. I mean, I'm excited to see some good ideas are bubbling up in this very conversation. That, that makes me so happy. Adrian. I did want to ask you one other thing. You said that during um, the height of these sheltering at home orders that you just had 10 kids at your center. Is that number beginning to grow again um, now that parents are in, in some cases going back to work, even if they're not first responders? So, yes, we do have we're, we have the capacity to have 40 children. Uh, as of today, we have 20, and I'm actually just wanting to keep it at that point right now, which means that we could we, – we only have two classrooms in our building, um, and each classroom has 10 children and two teachers. So that we don't – right now, I don't want that number to grow anymore. We want to see how this is going to pan out, you know, because for the last 15 days, we've had 20 and, and again, I don't want it to be overwhelming for the children, the staff, and I don't want any cross-contamination to happen. So we're just trying to uh, fill our way as more children come. But right now, 20 is, is just our max to keep those numbers low until the guidelines change. Okay, so you're comfortable with staying at that lower level. That that makes a lot of sense, and that fits in with what Shauna's saying about how it, it sounds like it's actually a bit of a relief that not 100% of the families are, are raring to come back right now, Shauna. Yeah, yeah, oh. like we're not even offering the summer program this year. Okay, and that would normally put more kids on site, Adrian. Exactly, okay. exactly. 
Um, well, this is, uh, I'm learning so much already as a parent. This is all fascinating. And if you're a parent, we do want to hear from you. How are you feeling about sending your kids back to daycare or back to some other child care situation? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. You can also email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And again, we're talking to Adrian Pennington. She's the director of a Child's Heart Learning Center in North St. Louis County, as well as Shauna Lamond, the director of Downtown Children's Center here in St. Louis. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back very shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation. We're talking to Adrian Pennington, the director of a Child's Heart Learning Center in North St. Louis County. We're also talking to Shauna Lamond, who's the director of Downtown Children's Center. And our topic is the difficulties that daycares face in serving families. They're now beginning to reopen or expand their capacity. And both Shauna and Adrian have a great perspective on this. Now, Adrian, I wanted to ask you before we get to the phone lines here, um, I know you've been keeping up with and, and sitting in on these virtual meetings that hashed out the guidelines for daycare centers to reopen. What was that like sitting in on those discussions? Those discussions <laughs> with the ever-changing uncertainty of the virus and speaking to so many different people, it was really hard to keep up mm-hmm. with the changes. However, the last Zoom call, they did some final mandates which made everything fall in place and it was just amazing how they put that together the guidelines to make sure that all centers had a way to reopen safely for the children the parents and the staff Hmm, so you feel happy about these guidelines you like the final product Oh, you want me to comment on that? Oh, I'm, I'm curious. Like yeah. The, well, yeah, I like the final product. I think it can be a little more stricter. Mm-hmm. How myself, so? personally, I think that the guidelines can be even, you know, sometimes one of the things that you should have a plan in place, but what about people that don't know how to put a plan in place? Mm. I think they should have some help um, or small centers or people that are new to this have a way to put a plan in place and know exactly what to do. Um, some people may not know what to do. It's like people interpret rules and regulations in their own capacity, mm-hmm. whereas if they had stricter guidelines, they would know exactly what to do. I think that's a great point. Shauna, I'm wondering if you have any um, opinions on how these, these recommendations turned out. Do you feel like they give you the flexibility you need, or is there too much flexibility there? Well, so I have been able to participate in a lot of those Zoom meetings as well. And one of the better resources that was provided to us was through Kids Win Missouri. They put out a plan for preparedness and planning uh, for child care programs. And they really follow the CDC recommendations. And so I have just found that by following the CDC recommendations, and I find a lot of comfort in 
the consistency between the two plans, that they're very similar. Mm. Um, I would support Adrian, though, in the fact that there could possibly be centers out there that either aren't aware of these resources or know about all of the different groups of center directors that have come together to support each other. Mm -hmm. There's not a centralized format for us to really all know about all of these things if you're not if you're not somehow connected with another center that has information. That makes sense. I mean, it's something parents have been complaining about for years. There's such a patchwork of childcare opportunities. It sounds like that might be causing some problems for some people who aren't networked in. I hope not. My hope is that there isn't, but there, there is that possibility. And um, some of the different recommendations from different groups I belong to was that we have a centralized system for everyone to stay connected. I know state licensing typically would be that, uh, but not all centers are licensed, so they may not realize mm. that they have resources. That's a, that's an excellent point. Um, I want to go to the phone lines here. We have a couple of callers who have a, a good perspective here. Um, Lindsay is calling from St. Louis. Uh, Lindsay, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what are your thoughts on this subject? Well, my uh, three-year-old son went back to daycare this week, and of course we were very nervous, but we had to kind of ask ourselves, when would you feel 100% sure of of sending them back? And um, I just wanted to say, you know, so we, we went with it, and I think one of my main concerns was their kids' psychological well-being, you know, mm-hmm. right now. Right now, they're, they can't see their grandparents. They can't go to friends' houses. They can't go to the library. They can't go to the park. Uh, can't go to the museum, anything like that. And, um, you know, they can't even go to the playground. So I just wanted to, to thank your guests and all the child care workers out there because I think that, you know, our kids' psychological well-being needs to be thought of along with you know, their physical health as well. Lindsay, I think that's a great point. And, you know, there's so much uncertainty out there and a lot of people are afraid and they're saying things like, how could anyone ever reopen? Um, But I know there's so many parents out there who are really grateful that some people are willing to take the risk and in Adrian's case, stay open the whole time. Um, Lindsay, did you feel that the the workers at your your child's daycare, that they seemed equipped and they were up on these new regulations and, and handling all that? Oh, definitely. I think that, um, you know, we did drop off at the door. We can't go into the classroom to take them in. They check their temperature in the morning. Um, We sign a thing saying they haven't had a fever and that we'll come get them within an hour if they call us. Mm -hmm. So I felt like they were vigilant um, without scaring the children, too. And um, like you were saying earlier about the kids being used to seeing masks on people, I think that was helpful because otherwise that would have been really jarring and scary to see at school. Yeah, that's a great point. And Lindsay, that is just so good to hear. I feel just such relief right now hearing that you've had such a good experience. Um, Shauna, as you're preparing to reopen, does it give you some um, optimism hearing uh, Lindsay's experience here at this other daycare? It, it really does. I'm hoping that all of the families that join us June 1st will have those same experiences and that they feel very confident as we take the children in to care for them for the day. You know, a lot of my concern, too, is just the anxiety that the families have, the children may have. Um, it's a tough thing to retransition these children into such a strange new environment. So mm-hmm. I appreciate the families that are willing to do that. 
Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Ken is calling from St. Louis. Um, Ken, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, Sarah. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, Ken Haller. I'm a pediatrician at Cardinal Glennon. I'm a sleep care pediatrician over oh, there. Oh, yes, Dr. Haller. I, Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. how are you? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so glad to, to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, I just want to thank your guests for this. This is, uh, you know, this is a very scary time for everybody. And in particular, I just want to talk a little bit about the issue with, of kids and masks. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics actually has a really great article that people can find at healthychildren.org. They have a whole bunch of articles about dealing with kids uh, and COVID-19 and talking to them. As far as masks go, uh, kids as young as age two uh, can wear masks effectively. Uh, the main thing with this, like anything, is when you're talking to children about masks, uh, do what you can to demystify it. Maybe put it on a stuffed animal, you know, put in uh, and show that the stuffed animal doesn't mind. Uh, for children under the age of three, you can just talk about, you know, sometimes people are sick and this is what we wear. Um, and for kids over the age of three, you can talk a little bit more about germs and what germs are and how we stop germs. Uh, so this is another time where you can talk to them about uh, good hand washing and the importance of these kind of things. So, uh, like I said, HealthyChildren.org has a great article on this for parents to look at. And it has a lot of other, you know, really great parent uh, things on COVID-19 uh, for, you know, for dealing with just being at home with your kids a lot. Okay, well, that is uh, that is great. That's healthychildren.org. We'll also make sure to include a link to that on our website. And, and Dr. Haller, Haller, thank you for joining us and for sharing that recommendation right there. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, Adrian, I wanted to go back to you for a minute. I understand one of the things that you were talking about as, as you were keeping up on these virtual meetings with the guidelines is you were hoping that there would be free testing for daycare staff just to make sure that your staff members aren't asymptomatic carriers. Was there any openness to that from state agencies? I did not get a response on that um, at the time for the request. Um, but they do offer free testing now, and we have set up an appointment for all staff members to be tested. Oh, that's great. So that's got to ease your mind a little bit, knowing that, that staff members are able to partake in that. Yes, ma'am, it does. And I really believe it will also give the, the parents a sense of security as well, um, again, because we've been open and we were not able to be tested, even though there aren't any symptoms being shown. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing and that parents are comfortable. It's just one extra step of precaution to make the parents and children feel safe and know that we're doing what we're supposed to do to keep the children safe. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay, the parent that we heard from, she mentioned that her child's daycare was also checking temperatures at the door. Is that something that you're doing, Adrian, at, at your center? Yes, ma'am, we do. The parents are not, I'm not going to say they're not allowed in the building. They have to wear masks to even enter the building, and they cannot come in the classroom like they used to. They have to stop at the foyer where there's a petition. The children have to have their temperatures taken before the parents even leave out the door. Okay. Um, and then they immediately get their hands washed. But right now, the parents use the tablet. But we're getting ready to go to a system where they can just scan in so that way they don't even have to use the tablet. Hmm. Um, they'll be uh, scanning a Q code at the door. Wow. So I, this is impressive to see this innovation going on. I mean, you two are both finding new ways to, to think about old problems. Um, Shauna, I'm assuming you're also going to keep parents out of the classrooms. I know you were doing that even before you had to close um, leading into the shelter-at-home orders. 
That's correct. I think we're probably all following very same procedures that the CDC rec- CDC recommends. Um, we are asking parents. Uh, we have we have different points of entry, so parents will drop their children off at that point of entry. We're not inviting them into the building at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, children will have their temperatures checked. All staff will have their temperatures checked before they're even allowed to um, come through the building and head to their classrooms. And we, of course, have the same similar questions for everyone. Um, Have they been exposed? Is anyone in their family ill? Uh, Have they had a fever in the past 72 hours? We will be excluding anybody who would possibly answer yes to any of those questions. Okay. So as you're looking ahead to what I'm sure is a very stressful time for you as you get ready to actually open those doors again, is there anything you would want parents to know, parents at your center or really parents who are contemplating this at any number of centers? Oh, that's a really great question. I I think what I would want parents to know is that we recognize that this is stressful for them and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they're doing their research and their due diligence to ensure that whatever center they are choosing to return their children to, that they are complying and following all of the CDC and state licensing recommendations. So if, if there's a daycare center that says, yeah, come on in, it's all business as usual, a parent might want to think twice about that. Yes, yes, I yes. <laughs> and Adrian, for you, now that you have been in the thick of this now for a couple months, and, and it sounds like you're just doing as well as anyone could have hoped a couple months ago when you were facing this, um, any advice you have or any thoughts you'd want to leave our listeners with today as, as so many people are sort of poised to jump back in? Uh, what I would like to leave with is that, as Samantha said, to do the research and for um, – centers, the owners, directors, and teachers to be open and honest with the parents and and just really provide them with information that they may or may not have access to, uh, give them uh, resources as the doctor just came on. So sometimes uh, as parents, they look at us as the experts where we're all learning together and we want to make sure that they feel comfortable within our environment, with their children and with the staff to make sure that we're we're all on the same page and that they have a sense of belonging at our center as well. So just to keep them informed in the know so that we, so they can be comfortable. So as busy as you are, it sounds like you're really encouraging parents. It's okay to reach out with what may feel like very anxious questions. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, you guys have been so helpful um, talking us through all this today. And I personally, I do feel uh, much better after hearing how thoughtfully you're both approaching this. So Adrian Pennington, director of a Child's Heart Learning Center in North St. Louis County, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you all. And Shauna Lamont, director of the Downtown Children's Center, thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah, for having me on today. And I appreciate you allowing me to give a voice to the children of St. Louis and the area. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.